Well, you know, I didn't know what to name. I've never had this problem before. <laughs> I didn't know what to name this teaching. So I, 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 had, I had called it a new perspective, and then I realized I did a teaching on that a while back, and then I, I just didn't know what to. So I renamed it because I usually let Tippy do that. What to observe. That's probably not going to be the title either, <laughs> but I'll just let her change it later. Amen. Or you all can take a vote. I don't care. But we're going to talk about what you observe, what you pay attention to. Amen. So uh, we need to consider what we see. I mean, we should not consider. So this is about, this is what I believe the Lord is telling me, to tell them not to consider what they see. Amen. You cannot consider what you are looking at. That's what I ought to name it. What to, do not consider what you see. I don't know. Whatever y'all want to name it. Amen. <laughs> it's all good. But you cannot determine your outcome from what you see going on in the natural. Amen. Because God knows. See, this is the thing. This is, this is what God was showing me about seasons. He kept saying seasons. I said, well, what about seasons? I don't know nothing about seasons. And I don't even know how long a season is. And so I asked God, and God says season is from the beginning to the end. <laughs> a season is from beginning to the end. Whenever it starts... And whenever it stops, that's a season. How about that? <laughs> and so, you know, we have to allow things to work together for our good in its season. For everything, there's a time and season. A time to love, a time to hate, a time to live, and a time to die, a time to sow, and a time to reap. So everything happens in a season. And within a season is time. So there's a season, and it's when something begins and when something ends. And, it, and it's God's prerogative to cause it to happen or to start and stop whenever. It's like, you know, when God, this is, this is why I was asking. God gives us a season to get things done. You know, we don't, we can't take our time doing things because we don't know, we don't know when that season has ended. Amen. And so sometimes the devil will get in there, especially when we know we've messed up and the devil will get in there and say, it's not your season anymore. Too late. Too late. Amen. But see, God extends seasons however he wants to for his benefit. Amen. Actually, it's for us, but he'll extend a season for us because he is so gracious and he loves us so much. So a season is when something begins, it's the beginning and it's the end. Amen. And so we don't know. I don't even know why I went there. Why did I go there? We consider not what we see because we don't know what season something is supposed to come forth amen you cannot look at how things look and determine if it's your season maybe it's not and and you can't look at things and look at how much you messed up and say well my season is over you don't know that amen and so we have to take get rid of your surrounding the influence of your surroundings 
You have to get, you know, don't allow God's vision to give you. In other words, God's vision is always going to be there. I believe he'll stretch a season for his vision to come to pass. That's what I'm trying to say. Amen. And so we have to trust him. It's a trust issue. It always is. Our natural surroundings will influence us negatively if we don't allow God's vision to give us a clearer vantage point. See, you have to look at things from a certain vantage point. You can't look at things when you're down, down and out. Down and but not out. Crushed but not, you know, whatever. Depressed and discouraged. You cannot look at your situation from that vantage point. You have to see yourself victorious. You have to see yourself winning. You have to, amen. You have to see yourself on the upswing of things and not down and and downtrodden and brokenhearted. You can't because you don't see things clearly when you see like that. So you cannot um, look at the conditions of the, the weather. I'm just going with it and determine what kind of day it's going to be. Because, <laughs> you know, it can sunny, sunny with a chance of rain, but then that all changes. And so you cannot plan your life or your day on your natural surroundings. Amen. Because you won't see clearly. You have to see through, see through the vision that God has given you. Amen. Hallelujah. So we need to ascend uh, you know, higher in your trust for God. Ascend higher. So when you ascend higher, you readjust your faith. Amen. In other words, renew your faith. Your faith is renewed and you ascend higher. And so your vantage point that you are looking at situations look not grim but they look positive because you're sitting in a position that god wants you to sit so that these things will work together for your good amen amen Amen. hallelujah and so you in other words stop looking at your natural circumstances to determine your outcome job's wife had a distorted view of god now this is an example that i thought about and i said hmm so her uh, view, natural view of God was distorted because she thought God was her husband's problem. And that's why she said, curse God and die because it's inevitable because she had no uh, faith. She didn't have any kind of faith in what God was doing. Amen. And so she said, curse God and die amen get it over with but um what's his name job was more interested in blessing god and living amen and he was the one sick she wasn't even sick so what she got to do with it? <laughs> she's telling him what to do and so he wanted to bless god and live amen see he in other words he took responsibility for the situation that was going on and he decided that he was going to stay with God and try to figure out where he went wrong. Amen. And amen. And then not hold on to it. Hallelujah. So you can't determine 
your situation, the outcome by how things look right now. That's a distorted view of God. It's it's just like, uh, what's that? I can't remember. I don't remember what I was going to say. But in other words, you just got to think right about God. Well, it was Job again. God told Job, he says, I'm not your problem. You your problem. (laughs) You know, and straighten that wife out. Because I'm not your problem. Amen. So she wanted to curse him. Looking in the natural, because things were so bad. A renewed perspective from the right vantage point or from a vantage point of faith goes a long way in life. When you are looking at things the right way. Let Let me give you an example when you're looking at things the wrong way. Some people don't receive anything, you know. They won't receive anything. They shut down. They don't want to receive anything. They're closed in their mind and in their heart. It's hardened. And so naturally they can't uh, be thinking right or be uh, looking at things in the right way because they don't receive anything from anybody. They don't know, and that's pride, don't know how to humble themselves. So in other words, that's not the right vantage point to fight the good fight of faith. Are y'all here? Hallelujah. So we need to develop a personal relationship with God so that we stay in the race and endure to the end. And that's what this is all about. That's what God wants, like Paul, you know. He wanted to, he stayed in the race. That's why he said, I have, uh, what is it, fought a good fight. I have finished the course. And so this is what God wants us to do. Amen. But you will not finish the course looking at how things look. Amen. Sometimes things is God and don't look like God. Amen. <laughs> People are turning their backs on God right now. People leaving the church every day. Amen. Except for the big mega churches that have a weak, you know, word. Don't open your Bible. Just preach off the top of your brain. Don't preach, don't, don't open that and give us, you know, because they say the Bible says, in gener, gen, but you notice when they do that, they say in, gener, in the book of Revelation, they'll never go chapter and verse. Right, right, right. It's just in there. <laughs> Amen. And most of the time it is. But you know what I'm saying. The word is anointed. The anointing is on the word. Amen. My goodness. But see, these mega, not all of them, but most of them, they don't have time for that. They don't have time to take you through A, B, and C. Amen. Just take my word for it. Amen. But, um, you know, people are turning their backs on church, turning their back on God. Because things don't happen the way they think it ought to happen. And they're looking at all these people, and these people told me, I, you know, somebody told me years ago that the church told her to divorce her husband. Well, you don't listen to the church. What you have a head for. See, they'll, see this is what they'll, they'll agree with your stuff for a season. Then when it don't work for you, you mad at who told you that. Well, what about you? Amen. I don't understand this stuff. Amen. But pastors, 80% of pastors, now this is supposed to be statistics. I I haven't seen it, but 80% of pastors quit the ministry. 
because they are burnt out and tired. And then this is what the Lord told me. They, they've observed their natural surroundings. Instead of keeping their eyes on God, keeping their faith in God, they put it in money. Amen. People. They never resolve anything. You know, they're trying to please too many people and preaching a warded down message. And that's what burns people out. Amen. You stay burned out. You got to stay in this word, you know, to even get up. I know that's how I got up. So I didn't want to get up today. Amen. But they who observe the nat- their natural surroundings instead of keeping an eye on God will fold. They'll burn out and be tired. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 11. And I'm sure you know the scripture. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes 11. Verse 4. Let's see. Yeah, 4. I want to just start at 1. Although this is not an offering, but it's a good scripture. So Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1 says, Cast your bread upon the water. Amen. In other words, it says, don't push upon a speedy return. Amen. Amen. Just plant your seed, in other words. Invest in the kingdom. It says, for you will find it after many days. So, see, when your season comes to receive something from God, you'll definitely get it. Amen. So verse 2 says, give a serving to seven and also to eight. In in other words, give out of your heart. Expect God to stretch it. Amen. And it was something else that meant. Learn to live in expectancy consistently and give out, you know, of your service to God. Don't count the cost. Don't, well, I don't have enough. Don't, don't even look in that pot. If I had known this when my kids were little, and I'm up there looking at every portion, you know, I didn't know that if you just keep dipping, it'll just keep, no. <laughs> I'd be nervous about that amount. Didn't know no better. Amen. Didn't know that I was in covenant with God, with a great big God. Hallelujah. Give a servant to seven and also to eight. I mean, don't be holding back. For you who, for you do not know what evil we will be on the earth. And if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall lie. For he who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. In other words, looking at natural conditions. Amen? Don't do it. You can never do too much for God. Amen. Hallelujah. Always give God's highest to get his best. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So all conditions, you know, are always favorable when you're doing it in God's timing. In other words, when you obey God, conditions are always good. I don't care what it looks like. So stop waiting for conditions to be favorable. In other words, quit looking in your bank account. I was doing real, I was just getting blessed for the past five months. Just blessed, never running out. And so I had enough nerve to tell God, I just don't know what's going on. I'm just never running out. And I was able to help a few people and just, you know. And then I thought about it. And it's because I had been looking at that crazy bank account, worrying about what's in there. If you see somebody in need, hook a brother up. I mean, you don't give them everything, but you, you don't, you know, you don't get so nervous and rigid about it. Just stay here. Amen. And the Lord let me know. No, I paid my pledge. Well, I owe just a tiny bit on it. But I paid, paid my pledge, and I did everything that I was supposed to do and still had spare. So I was able to, and that was for somebody else because that's why I had it. <laughs> so God knows what he's doing. Just have to trust him. And I thought back about it. I said, I wasn't on edge like, you know, you know what I'm saying. And if, I, if you don't have it, I understand that God will give it to you. Amen. There's somebody with, with your money in their pocket that they didn't release that you need. How about that? And if you're in need and didn't get it, it's because somebody didn't release it. But God will just find us another way. But see, we've got to understand these things. Amen. We have to understand these things. Hallelujah. Let's see, the Amplified says, Avis, can you get that in the Amplified for me? Okay, just one second. Did I do five? Let me go to five. It says, as you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child. So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand. For you do not know which, is, which will prosper. In other words, you don't know which act is going to be the one that break, break the bank, but for real though. Amen. <laughs> Either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. So God can can bless you on everything that you've given, or you don't know which act will bring in your big reward. So just obey the Spirit. Amen. But not releasing is watching conditions. Let me see this. Okay, let's see. Verse... uh, Let's go to verse 4, I think. No. Let's do 1. Cast your bread upon the water. Oh, cast your bread on the surface of the water. And and it says, be diligent, active, make thoughtful decisions. For you will find it after many days. Verse 2, give a portion to 7 or even divide it to 8. For you do not know what... Misfortune may occur on the earth. 
If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it lies. He who watches the wind waiting for all conditions to be perfect will not sow seed. And he who looks at the clouds will not reap a harvest. Verse 5, just as you do not know the way and path of the wind or how the bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman, even so you do not know the, the activity of God who makes all things. Sow your seed in the morning and do not be idle with your hands in the evening, for you do not know whether morning or evening planning will succeed, whether, whether this or that, or whether those alike will be good. Amen. Okay, thank you. So, anywho, I guess we understand that. Don't look at conditions. Know that, no, no not the way of the wind. Amen. So, this is one of the things you consider not. This is a consider not. Consider not the way of the wind. In other words, consider not conditions. Consider not how you feel. Well, I was feeling good last week and I gave a lie. I don't feel good this week. I ain't going to give a mad. That sounds like you not listening to the Holy Ghost and you're not going to reap on any of it. Because it says you don't know which one you reap on, if any. Amen. And so you have to keep a, a clear mind. You have to have a right heart. When you give, God loves a cheerful giver, so just give out of the goodness of your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's see, where am I at? Observing natural conditions will never allow you to see with spiritual eyes. Because that's not spiritual. That's carnal. That's carnality. We need to learn how to stay in the game and not faint, but stay close to God and get renewed consistently. So when you renew renew your mind, renew your relationship with God, renew your heart, then you'll stay in the game. I know it to keep you in the game. And do it consistently. Don't be a visitor all the time to God. Let him know your name. You come in there in the secret place and say, well, who are you? You know. Yeah, you got to let him know. Well, this is my chair, right? You got my name on it. Get out of my chair. Amen. I'm here all the time. <coughs> Let's go to Isaiah 40. Hallelujah. Isaiah 40. The devil's a liar. I'm healed. Verse 28. Isaiah 40, verse 28. I think, yeah. And it says, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, am I in the right place? Yeah. The creator of the ends of the earth, neither faint nor is weary. That's for all you people who faint. Man, we faint all the time, don't we? So in other words, God don't faint, God ain't weary. Why y'all faint? Why y'all weary? Amen. It's his 
understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you faint, if you're weary, get get with God. Wait on the Lord. Because he will renew your strength. Let's see, where am I at? They shall mount up with wings like eagles. You know, when you mount up, you ever seen an eagle mount up? That's something to, to mess your head up. They go through some. And then they, and those wings when oh man, it's a beautiful sight. And then when they finally get, you know, airborne, they take off and get airborne, it's because they've been restored, restrength, renewed. Eagle is a, 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 don't mess with him. He need to wear this shirt. I am the E. Don't mess with me. (laughs) I'm the eagle. Don't mess with me. I mean, those those animals rule. He's he rules, and their strength—they're known for their strength. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, let's see. I don't know where that came from, but it was good. Oh yeah, with they shall mount up with wings like eagles. <laughs> they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So, so we're gaining strength. Through patience, through faith and patience, you gain strength when you receive strength from God. When you consistently show your face in front of him sometime. And you receive strength, you mount up with wings like an eagle. Because he puts that in you. If you get weary, your strength needs to be renewed. So mount up. God will cause you to mount up. Amen. God doesn't get weary or faint, so why do we? Amen. There's no searching of his understanding. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. God gives power to the faint and weary and increases strength to him with no might, with no limit. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you you wait on God, you won't become tired. See, let me tell you what this tired thing is. Let me tell you what it is. As you you will know, it's doing stuff in our own ability. I'm tired. It's because you've been doing strength and you've been doing stuff in your own ability. I don't care if you've been raking the grass. When I go out, I have a huge yard front and back. Nobody helps me sometimes. And I get it done. You know why? Because I draw strength from God. Because when I go out there, I'm tired before I even start. So I have everybody, oh, your yard is nice. Yeah, and it took a lot of hard work. But lazy didn't get it like that. Amen. Lazy didn't get it like that. It takes drawing from God and saying, God, help me because I'm tired. And I can barely get this done. And so you draw. See, I don't go out there trying first, get tired, and say, God, help me. I go out there knowing I can't do it. It's too much for me. It's too big for me. Amen? It's families, a lot of people, and they work together and don't get it done right. But me, myself, and God, the Holy Ghost, we get it done. 
Amen. Because we have to. I got to live like that. I don't have no other choice. Amen. And so you, you mount up like an eagle because you're drawing from him because you already know what you need. You know you are not capable. We need to go to work like that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So if you wait on God, you won't become tired. We must learn to lay aside every weight and run with patience this race that is set before us. Amen. And we can't allow ourselves to become weary and quit. Amen. But we must cross the finish line. That's why people quit. Quit because they're tired. And then when you get tired, you get frustrated. When you get frustrated, you get mad. When you get mad, then you start pointing because the devil starts showing you. If they do their job, I don't have to do my job. Well, what's your job? <laughs> your job is whatever you're doing. Amen. That's your job. Well, it was her job. It's your job because you're doing it today. So it makes it your job. Amen. But you can't allow yourself to become weary. And that's how people quit. They quit because they don't allow God to help them. God never designed life for us to command everything on our own. Amen. See, we like it like that, though. I am the master of my ship. I am the captain of my soul. (laughs) And it don't work like that. It just doesn't. And then when we get frustrated and mad, then God's got to send you six words, prophecies, to build you back up. Amen. Hallelujah. But we do that to ourselves. And and sometimes, I'm, you know, I can catch myself saying, now, something's wrong with this picture. And I thought, I said, I'm not allowing God to help me. I must let God help me. Even in the smallest things. Because this is his program. See, I'm living a life, but it's a, a plan that he started. Amen. I didn't choose this. He knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. Amen. And so he had to get me here via pregnation. I was going to say immaculate conception, but to make y'all look funny. Because that's how Bridget said she, she got here. <laughs> but he had to get us here some kind of way. And so when we came, he knew us because I like to say it like this. He sent for me. Amen. He sent for you. He sent for us. Amen. Hallelujah. He knew you were coming. You ain't no mistake. You know, people need to stop thinking so lowly. Of themselves. You here on purpose, for a purpose. Amen. And sometimes people say, Well, I don't have, I don't have no life. I'm bored. Because you're not, you're not attending to your purpose, your God given purpose. Everybody has a reason for being here. You know, this is not a game. God is not just doing this. You have a purpose. Most people are not thinking about their purpose, they're thinking about themselves, how, what they want, what they need, what they got to have. You know, it's just ridiculous. Let's go to Hebrews 12. Well, moving right along. (laughs) Hebrews 12. Verse 1. 
And it says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. What what does the Bible say? Lay it aside. Strip it off. That word lay means strip it off. Strip off. Amen. Do things, in other words, do things with faith. See, when you do things without faith, then it becomes a burden. When you do things without God's help, it becomes a burden. When you do things you don't want to do. You ever did something you didn't want to do? Yeah, I know all the time. (laughs) And it don't go right. It's a struggle. It's because you're not getting with God. You're not allowing God to help you do it. If you allow God to help you, it won't ma- it don't matter what you do. Because it'll all when you see when you you are in obedience to God, you lay hands, whatever your hands touch will prosper. See, that's why because you are doing it under the unction of the Holy Spirit. But when you do stuff griping, complaining, mad. See, them the kids that get whoopings. I would just whip up my kids when I see you with your mouth poked out. Hmm. That, that's cause for a good whooping. You don't, you don't do that. Because you poking your mouth out and mad. That's childish. That's how kids that didn't get the whoopings still do it as adults. I got that. I just got that's true. Well, that didn't get a good apply, but I don't care. It's true. You should have got a whooping. And if your mama didn't whoop you, she need a whooping. Cause see, she got to deal with your bad attitude now. I'm telling you, honey, my kids was mad all the time, but I bet you they smiled in my face and in Larry's face. They gave us a smile. Cause I would say, turn around, let me see your face. They say. <laughs> neck veins in the neck but they showed me a smile because I didn't play my mother didn't play them games and I didn't either and I wish I had whooped a little long into the 20s amen what you say back there Josh (laughs) I'm talking about my crew I mean needed more amen and I thought I was harsh strict but the stricter you are, the better. I, I, it's funny. I tell my, I hear my kids telling people. Like I was, Mac was talking to somebody. I don't know. And he says, my mother, my father would have never put up with that. Yeah, because he sure went upside your head and should have done it a little more with a whip and a chain. <laughs> but I hear him saying that, and they used to think he was so harsh. But I, I've heard him tell people that all the time. My father would never put up with that. That you know. Because it's a new breed. This is a new world. And people want to let their children make their own choices. And that's all good. But it better be choices that God, you know, it's got to be a godly choice. You know, (coughs) we're not against you young people having a life. You deserve a good life. And that's why. You know, we want to you to pray about things. I used to tell Bridget to pray, and I said she ain't gonna go up there and pray, but I told her anyway, and I just said that to get her out of my face before I strangled her. And so I said, well, I'm gonna tell her to go pray and ask God because she was giving me too much of a, a fight. 
an argument. You know, she want to go to a party. And I said, you don't need to be there. And so I just got tired of telling her no, because you do get tired of saying no, because you want your kids to be happy. But I, I felt deeply inside. Something said no. And so I said, when you go and pray, she went and prayed, and she was head of mouth. And I said, well, did you pray? And she said, yeah. And I'm, oh, you did? And I said, well, what did God say? He said, no, don't go. <laughs> I, want, I want to ask, shut up. So she went on in her room and read a book or something. I don't know what she did, but I know one thing. And you know what? We would always get a bad report. Something, I can't remember, but that party, something happened. And, you know, she quit asking me to go. She didn't want to go. And, you know, she told me, I'm glad I didn't go. And I'm going to say, shut up. <laughs> Fight me. You know, I had to strong arm people. But you do what you have to do. Because you want your kids to be happy. And it's, it's hard. You know, it's really hard for them, too. I know it's hard, y'all. I know it's hard. I know you want to knock us out. My mama say, knock you Mama say, ain't that a, word, a song? Mama, oh, mama gonna knock you out. Oh, but I'm saying you want to knock I know mine did. And sometimes I probably needed it. But God, but God, God worked it out, you know. Because we don't know everything. We don't know everything. We just don't. You know, this thing called parenthood. I mean, people who wrote books, Dr. Spock, they know nothing they were talking. You know what Dr. Spock calls kids to be like they are now? Permissive, you know? But mama and her mama and her mama and her mama, they knew what to do. Amen. They knew what to do. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know how I got on that. I'm going to get on off of there before I get in trouble. Amen. But did we do Hebrews 12? I hope we finished. Did we do Hebrews? 11? Oh, we're in Hebrews 12 now. One, two, and three. Amen. So let's see. We talked about the cloud of witnesses and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You ain't been hung on no cross. All you've been doing, you told us, don't go to the party. That ain't a cross. (laughs) Woo. Despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, that's how you get blessed. Amen. You get blessed when you obey. You know, I was the type, I didn't want to go to the parties. I just didn't. Because you know why? Everybody was buzzing about it on Friday at school. We going to the party. And I would hear stuff they said that they were going to do. And I knew already I ain't going because my crazy mother will walk, because we didn't have a vehicle, to the party and grab me by my hair, because she liked pulling your hair, and drag me out in front of everybody. And if anybody got in her way, she would punch them out. That's how she rolled. I'm telling you, she rolled like that. Beat up the neighbors. She wasn't playing. When she knew something was right in here, she didn't let nobody stop her. My father wouldn't even mess with her. 
he's, you know, he would say, go ahead on, May, go ahead on, you know. Because <laughs> he knew one no stopping her. Because when she got something on the inside of her, she did not let it go when it concerned her children. Amen. Hallelujah. You have to be that, whatever this is, I don't know. Now, a lot of people rule by fear. You can't rule. I did that for a season, too. You can't run your kids by fear fear of what might happen. See, and that's, I think that's what wear y'all young people out, fear of what might happen. Well, that ain't going to happen to me, Mama. I done told you. So sometimes you do have to trust God. But <clears throat> for the most part, time up. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'll get back with the word. <laughs> But you just have to stand, having done all, like our parents did for us. Because you didn't run that stuff by my mother. She said, I don't care who God said, all the kids going to be there. My goodness. But you know what? I don't know why I keep going to this. But listen to this that I just thought about. The important stuff that I was supposed to be at, she let me go. I got out of that, that jail some kind of way. And I was there. And it was a good thing. It's like I... <laughs> I went to this, um, you know, it was like a party before the prom. And, you know, I, and it was nice. They took pictures. It was a nice affair. I had no idea. I had never been nowhere. But it was a nice, I mean, I'm just saying, when I was supposed to be there, I was there. When I wasn't supposed to be there, trouble started. I was thankful I wasn't. Amen. Thankful I wasn't. Amen. We don't have no young people in here, Harley. That I can use as examples. <coughs> Amen. So I think I did verse 3. Oh, no, I didn't. It says, For consider him who endures such hostility, talking about Jesus, from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Amen. Hallelujah. Consider him who endured such hostilities. That's something to be discouraged about and weary. But he wasn't. Amen. Verse 4 says, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. You ain't went there. So what you mad about? Verse 5 says, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. It says, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him, for whom the Lord loves he chastens and scourges or whips every son whom he receives. Amen. Verse 7 says, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as his son. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? You notice God will deal with you two different ways as a son. And as a child. You ever notice that? Just read. As a son and as a child. See, when he deal with you as a child is when you all know. When he deal you with you as a son is that you are, are uh, it's like uh, you have received by faith what he has for you. And you are a child of God. You're born again. He deals with you as a son. And then when you go further to receive the 
partake. This is what it is. You, you partake of um, the cross. You know, what is that? Um, when you, that scripture that says, um, I, yeah, right, the fellowship is suffering. That's what makes you a son. Isn't that son? That's what makes you a son, the fellowship of his suffering. And then he deal with you as a son. A child when you get born again. And a son when you partake of his cross, of his sufferings. Amen. The fellowship of his suffering. And he deal with you because I've seen that where he says, as a son. It says, but if you invert, it's, let's do seven against it. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as a son. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not a son. So when you partake of his suffering, you know, then he'll deal with you as a son. But he always deal with you in love, and he wants you to live. So to live means correction. To live. Nobody can avoid correction. To live means correction. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. So we have to, uh, let's see, we have to stay with the race that's appointed to us. Amen. And keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. That's why many don't finish the race. Because they look at too many things in the natural. They look at their surroundings. Amen. Peter took his eyes off Jesus when they were, he was in the boat. He, wanted, he saw Jesus walking on water. He wanted to walk. First they thought he was a ghost. He wanted to walk on water and do the things that Jesus did. So that's why he said, Father, beckon me to come. And when Jesus did, he got up and he walked on the water. And then when he started to observe the wind and the rain, the storms, storms of life, <laughs> when he started to notice that that storm and the sea became boisterous, amen, when he noticed that things weren't all cool, but they were, but he was observing the natural elements because God is in charge of that too. He didn't know that. That's why Jesus said, peace be still. But he started to consider the natural surroundings and he began to sink. When you consider what's going on around you, you will sink. Amen. So you have to take your eyes off your natural surrounding and stay focused on God. Let's go to Matthew 14. Hallelujah. Matthew 14, verse 28. And it says here, it says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw, and underlined saw, because if he hadn't saw, then he would not have sank. So saw caused him to sink when he didn't have to. 
But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. Amen. In other words, he lost his focus. See, fear will cause you to lose your focus when you (coughs) keep concentrating and thinking about something, going over it and over it and over it. And the more you rehearse it and go over these things over and over, like going over them bills, I used to do that. And it ain't, it's no good. Go over it twice, add, add, check twice and add once or add twice, check, whatever. <coughs> but do that and have confidence that God is going to change things because he is a fixer. And so you have to have confidence that God will fix whatever's not right. So he said in verse 30, he began to sink and he cried out because he saw that the wind was boisterous and he was afraid. Looking at your natural surroundings causes fear because they ain't going to never look good. So what you looking at? 31. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, ye little faith, why did you doubt? See, that's nothing but fear is, is lack of faith. Well, no, something just jumped out at me and scared me. Fear is lack of faith. You can't have both. Amen. Verse 32, And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Like it was a test. Amen. A test of faith. God is always challenging our faith. He's always testing our faith, trying to teach us to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not ours. He was with the Lord. He had no reason to fear. But that fear still came in there and reared his head, even when he was with the master. Walking with the master. And, you know, you can just pimp on like, hey, look who I'm with. But that wasn't the case. It should have been the case. But it wasn't the case. Show you how strong that fear is. But we don't have to give in to it. Amen. So take your eyes off your natural surroundings. And stay focused on Jesus. Do what you can. And all that you can't do, pray. And ask God to make a way. He will. And it calls medit- it's called meditating on the word of God. And being transformed by the renewing of your mind, you need to change. Yeah, your situation needs to change, but you need to change first. <coughs> Think about it. If God changed every situation that's not right and you stay the same, you're not even going to deal with a fixed situation in the right manner. And you're going to screw that up too. Because we refuse to change. Refuse. After many years, refuse to change because we want to be right. Even when, we, even when God challenges us, we, we don't want to change because we want to be right. We want to stay just like we are because we give up hope because we think it's going to take too much to change us like we Superman or somebody. You know, we give too much props to the devil. Amen. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church, but I don't care. It's true. So we need to learn to consider not and consider Christ. 
How about that? Consider not and consider Christ. Consider not what you're going through. Consider not them bills. Consider not your lack. Consider not your condition, your situation. Consider not your loneliness. Consider not your bad attitude, but consider Christ. How, how about that? And be changed, amen, by renewing your mind. You know, if a small mind, small, small spirit man, small mind. You got to make this thing expand by meditating on that word. <clears throat> and when you get a stronger uh, spirit man or your inner man is stronger and bigger, your, your, your actions will change. You'll think different. Start thinking better. But people like how they are. They really don't. They just think they've been like that so long. It's like you ever heard people say, I'm just like that. Right. Well, you're just stupid. Because right. you need to change. Yeah. Well, this is just how I am. That's what they say. Yeah. And it's like, well, why? Yeah. Don't have to be. <clears throat> don't have to be. Because God didn't make you like that. He made you perfect. You're his masterpiece, his trophy. <clears throat> He didn't, make, <coughs> he didn't make us like that. He made us victorious in him, victorious in him. He didn't make us sloppily, you know, to do the devil's work. He didn't make us for that. Amen. In other words, if you're tired, barely surviving from day to day, out of gas, want to quit, your eyes are on your natural realm. Focus on how faithful God is. Amen. Hallelujah. Focus on the good things that he's done for you, like waking you up today, yesterday, last year, year before last. All of the things and whatever you want, ask him. Ask him and trust him for it and be honest with him. Quit playing cat and mouse with God because he know you inside and out. And trust him. Amen. And don't stop trusting on how things look. Well, I done went too far. You will if you keep thinking like that. Time is precious. Amen. We need to learn to believe without seeing, trusting God at all times. But we must let go of childish things. Amen. And all inferior stuff, let it go. Because it works against your faith. See, this is the trick the devil does. Sometimes, say, say for instance, that somebody come against you in a fault. And you, wanna, you want this thing dealt with. And that's fine. But suppose it don't get dealt with. And God just say, forgive. Then your whole life is put on halt because I got to get that right. Guess what? A big waste of time. A big waste of time. You know, if you want something resolved, take care of it right then. Go to the elders of the church. Get it cleared up. Let it go. It's done. Let's move on. But most people want to stagger right there. They want to stay right there because they don't want to let go of inferior stuff. And that inferior stuff, this is the plot that the devil is doing. He's using that against your faith. Preach. It ain't so much as he trying to get you in trouble with somebody else. He trying working against your faith. Because, see, faith works by love. When you ain't walking in love, you in limbo. 
<laughs> he dirty. He tricky. He's dirty. And he makes you feel good because I'm getting justice. Well, yeah, justice is good. But he's working against your faith. That's why you can't get a breakthrough. And then you wonder, why don't I get a breakthrough? It's because your heart ain't right. Because you're focusing on the wrong thing. And all of that anger. And, and some of it is legit. Don't get me wrong. I've been there. But I decided to let it go. Because I'm smarter than the devil. I finally got smart. And I said, I'm, I'm not getting caught up in that one. Because I know what he's doing. Because you can look around you. And when you stuff starts happening wrong. Or you're not prospering. Or your money gets funny. Or whatever. you got to know that. You following your flesh to a certain degree. Or time you get some money, something happened. You know, you got to get this fixed or that. You know what I'm saying. Not that you have to get things fixed. But, you know, sometimes God will make that car hold out till you get some money. <laughs> so don't hear me wrong. But, but have you ever noticed time you start doing some other stuff? Here comes something. Amen. And I see the devil. Tricky. And it ain't just him. See, he can't do stuff against you unless you open some crack, some door. Y'all hear? See, you got quiet on that one. True that, true that. So you have to stop considering inferior things and let them go. Amen. You got to know Christ personally for yourself in your heart. And and when something's wrong, get an answer. Get an answer. He'll give anybody an answer. He'll give you an answer. Young people, he'll give you an answer. He'll give you a prophetic word. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Got to let go of all this negativity. Amen. But if you've been a partner, he, he likes to... For people to partner in his suffering. And those people who partner in his suffering will go all the way and won't quit. That's why he wants you to fellowship in his suffering. You ain't never fellowship with Jesus in his suffering. You know, if you ain't been on the cross with him, then you won't even know what I'm talking about. But you can. Amen. But God never leaves his people out there with nothing. If he he give you a word, he gave Joshua a word. And when he, when Nolas told me that, that thing went through me like a sword. Because it was a sword. It's a sword of the spirit. God has a plan. And that's, and see, that stuff is written in stone. It ain't going nowhere, no time, ever. Because he got a plan. He keeps a plan. Amen. Amen. So if you press into him, he'll give you a word. And when that word, God has a plan, that means you quit worrying and just keep praying. And it's going to come. The re- the relief or the result is coming at any time. Because God's plan is for us to prosper and to be in health even as our soul, as our souls prosper. Amen. I'm going to finish up. Let's go to Philippians 3. Almost finished. Philippians 3, verse 12. 
It says, not that I have already attained. This is Paul talking. He says, or am already perfected, but I press on. I feel the same way. Everything's not perfect in my life, but I press on. Amen. I keep it moving. Hallelujah. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Amen. In other words, love makes us perfect. Love perfects us. Amen. So when you're walking in love, you press on. I don't care what's coming against you. Verse 13. It says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Amen. It's all what's up here going on in your brain. Whatever's going on in your mind, you're going to walk it out in the natural. Trust me on that one. Amen. Whatever you think, your thoughts will become your path. Because God's thoughts toward us are good all the time. Thoughts of peace and not evil to bring us an expected end. So God's thoughts toward us are good. Our thoughts toward us ain't good. We think failure, shoulda, coulda, woulda, didn't. I don't like her. Don't like him. See that all that stuff. And we got to entertain. We, how do you get a blessing through all of that stuff? Hard. Amen. All of that inferior stuff. Hallelujah. Did I read it all? I don't even know. Did I go to 14? Nevertheless. I don't think I did. See, y'all telling me y'all anything. Did I? I don't remember. Oh, okay. Well, it, I know what it is. It's ver- um, let's go to chapter 4. It's right next, up underneath. And let's go to uh, verse 12 of chapter 4. It says, I know how to be abased and I know how to be abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. And this is Paul explaining how he's he's wrapped. He says, I've learned to be both full and hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Hallelujah. So you can do all things, you and me. Now let's go back to Hebrews for one last time. Hebrews 6. Verse 11. And it says, And we desire... That each one of you show the same diligence in the full assurance of hope unto the end. In the full assurance of hope. 
In other words, allowing God to help you every, every step of the way and, and understanding that God is with you. Amen. That this is his plan and you're just walking it out. We fall into trouble when we try to cut down a, a shortcut street. Amen. And then start running into all of these problems. But it's real good in the beginning. That's what, what the devil uses to entice us. But it never lasts. Let's see. So verse 12, it says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Hallelujah. Through faith and patience. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could not swear, swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Amen. Hallelujah. It says um, in 14, saying, surely blessing, I will bless you and multiply, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Amen. Hallelujah. So he received. Hallelujah. Amen. No sickness, no disease can live in your body, can't overtake you because there's been an oath and a promise and he sworn by himself that he would do what he said he's going to do. He'll heal you. Amen. God's just waiting for us to comprehend, to believe it. Amen. Faith without works. So he's, look, he's waiting on you to put the works to your faith and start acting like you heal, acting like you, acting like you got it. Acting like he has a plan for you, plans of, of good and not evil, to bring you an expected end. He has a good plan for us. So natural strength will fail you in a crisis or a trial, but strength from God supersedes everything that opposes you. So just try God the first time and die to self. Amen. Hallelujah. You die to self, you have a clear vision of God's plan if you don't know it. Because, see, when you, have a, um, when you die to self, your plan for your life and what you want becomes so small. And God's plan becomes so big, you choose God's way. Amen. You'll choose that. But this is stuff from, I mean, we, we passed a childish stage. This is for mature, this, for, this stuff we already know. Amen. In other words, the religious people say, let go and let God. And when you get weary, <clears throat> the natural realm will fail you. But God will renew your strength like the eagle. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's, done, it's not automatically done. you got to cast your cares upon him. The Bible says cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. So when you call on God and you lay every burden aside, put it on him, and quit taking responsibility for whoever that gangster was, whatever. Just dump it on God, you know, and stop letting the devil put all this guilt on you. 
yeah, all that stuff is true, but it ain't to God. God done dealt with that already. Let's move on. Amen. It is finished. When he went to that cross, he was done with your sin. Walk in it. Walk in the newness of life. And stop letting that stuff. See, let me tell you what people do. They don't, they don't want to quit. They say, I'm going to do this again. I just know it. But you, you might surprise yourself. You get enough of, of Jesus, I need just a little more Jesus. Get a little more Jesus, you just might not want to know more. Amen. Got to give God a chance. Hallelujah. And then some people just ain't going to change. Because they want things to go their way. They're afraid if they change, somebody's going to walk on you. Well, guess what? They're going to do that anyway. That's going to happen. Amen. Hallelujah. But I tell you one thing, God is, is a, a just and a fair God. And he takes care of your enemies. What about trusting him in that? Amen. But you won't finish strong, you know, viewing and keeping your surroundings as uh, an indication to what's going to happen in your life. You won't finish strong. Amen. You won't finish at all. you just be another st- Christian, ex-Christian statistic. And the devil's laughing, got his book, his raggedy book. And he's laughing. And then everybody's mad at the church, pointing the finger at so-and-so, and so-and-so ain't done crap to you. But they always, you know, build. see, the devil's going to build a case if you let him. And some of it is legit. But you know what? I choose to walk free. I choose. And if something happens, I'm getting to the bottom of it, squashing it, and I'm done, and I'm moving on. And you should do it too. Amen. And stop holding grudges. And stop being, because you know what grudges do? It just pull, it, you know what, it, it give you ulcers. Amen. Give you stomach trouble. And then from stomach trouble, you got everything else. And so it's for you. You ain't letting nobody. Well, I, I, they deserve. Do you deserve stomach trouble? That's what you're going to have. You don't let this stuff go. See, it's for us. It's for you that you let it go. Amen. <clears throat> Honey, it's always going to be people. They standing in line just to make you mad right now. <laughs> they want your job. They want your position. They, the witches want your money. They want everything you got, and the devil wants your life. And this is how he gets it. He gets it one day at a time, one pick at a time, one thing at a time, one storm at a time. Amen? You know, the storms of life, and it comes to pick you apart if you let it. But you don't have to go down like that. You can come through. And be blessed. Make people, let people get mad at you for getting blessed. People get mad. Honey, people get mad at people getting blessed every day. Huh. Why she get blessed? Because she ain't hateful like you. That's why. Because she's giving that stuff to God. And got a clean soul to the next. It's going to be somebody else. Won't make you choke them. 
God said, you got to walk in love. Constant. Well, why I got to do and she does? Because God said to. That's why. But it's going to benefit you. Amen. I don't know where that's coming from, but hey, I don't know. It's for somebody. But God wants you to partake in his suffering. When you do that, you don't have time for stupid stuff. You really don't. Because that's, that's mind-boggling, time-consuming. That consumes everything you have. Thank you. And you don't have time for this inferior crap. You just don't. Well, I guess it's time for me to shut up. <clears throat> well, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And Father, I rebuke every symptom. I curse it right now in Jesus' name. Like the fig tree. And no life will be produced from that seed. We curse it now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I am healed. I am free. I am fresh. I am young. Hallelujah. I am blessed. Hallelujah. And I know that I am loved by you, Father God. That I am the apple of your eye. I serve a great big God. And there's a little bitty devil trying to take us down. And he cannot do it. (coughs) Won't do it. In Jesus' name. And we thank and praise you, Father. And Lord, for those who are out of town. Father, we just bind accidents and destruction over them in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that no hurt, no harm, and no danger shall come nigh them. And we thank and praise you, Father. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. If anybody needs prayer, I can pray for you before we leave. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.